Amen. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Have any of you experienced that kind of love? Oh, I hope you all raise your hand. Oh, the reckless love of God. And I, I appreciate you uh, explaining that. It's not a, a reckless like what we think of reckless. It's God will do anything has done the ultimate to save you and me. Can you say amen? I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But he gave his life, his life for me. <laughs> amen. You'll understand that one day. I, I, I hope. Ooh, I like that. A little bit more bass. Thank you. So I can can feel like I'm back in my quartet and my college. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Are you happy this morning? Oh, I hope you are. It says, I was glad. I was elated when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. Amen. Before I even got there, he was happy. And I hope you're happy this morning. Let me just... This uh, week, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine, and uh, she was explaining. Uh, she said her brother was in the hospital, and uh, she said, you couldn't believe it. I'm a young man, uh, 40, 40 years old, um, and he worked for the post, uh, post office and got out of, out of his car, and as he was getting out of the truck, a car just went by and hit him. Just like that. In the hospital, both lung punctured, legs broken, just one, thank you, my brother, just one moment, and he's going to be in the hospital for the next six to nine months, four kids, and so my friend had to go up and spend some time with the with the family, with the, uh, with the wife, four kids. I think the youngest is about two years old, and you know how they are. So I ask you again, are you happy this morning? <laughs> I hope you are. Uh, I sure am. The never-ending love of God is amazing. Spirit of Prophecy tells us we are going to spend the rest, I'm going to say the rest of eternity, <laughs> Eternity, studying the love of God, because it is that immense. This morning, I just want to talk to you a little bit, and actually I'm, uh, a conversation, uh, a struggle that I had with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I just want to share with you what I've learned through the conversation, through the struggle, and and the fight, and it went on for a few weeks. And I just want to share with you what the Spirit of God have asked me to share. I was talking to Pastor Reuben, and uh, many of you know this is our uh, last Sabbath here. My wife and I are, are moving. I just want to make it, uh, put it out there that we're moving uh, next week, uh, moving to uh, Alabama uh, to be closer to the to our grandchildren, um, you know. Sometimes we tell our children we we come to see the grandchildren, and we see you. Since since you're in the house, we'll see you too. But uh, you know, the we're gonna be closer uh, to them, and so this is it. So the pastor pastor said, uh, "Would you would you like to preach?" And I said, "You know, pastor, no, no. I had I've already preached a couple weeks uh, before, and this will suffice." And I think um, it's always best to end on a, on, a, on a good note. You know, I don't want to try that and mess it up. And people always remember you by the last thing you did. <laughs> and so uh, I told him, no, 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 no. And, and so it was on the text. So I, I stopped. And as I was, I was reading a book and the spirit kind of slapped me upside my head. Have you ever been slapped by the Holy Spirit? Kind of hit me upside my head and said, hey, you better stop that. You better you better turn around, you better text him and say, yes, you are preaching. But I said, but I don't have a sermon. He said, just tell him you are preaching. And as I, I said, well, and I told uh, Pastor Reuben, 
uh, spirit check. You know, that's his favorite, one of his favorite stuff. I had a spirit check. And so, yes, I am preaching. And as I put the phone down and the sermon came, <laughs> the title came to my mind. So this morning, I, the title of my sermon is The Matter. Uh-oh. Can you put that up for me, please? The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. See, make sure you always check that with your wife because she'll always remind you. Thank you, baby. Like they say, she, she's all right sometimes. <laughs> the heart of the matter, the amazing thing, all this week, I've been talking about it and, and, and getting up early in the morning and, and it's, you know, as you get a little bit older, that happens and it's okay. But the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Break us, melt us, mold us, and fill us. And lastly, shine through us. For we pray in Jesus' name. Let the church of God say amen. You know, sometimes you learn the biggest lessons from the simplest things. I've heard from a few people that Solomon didn't necessarily learn all his wisdom. The wisdom came from God. But God used the simplest things to teach him lessons. And as someone who's into gardening, you know, when you look at plants, it is amazing the kind of lessons that you can learn. So the verse, uh, as you have uh, our brother just read for us, is a simple, simple verse. And it is part of our affirmation of faith. And several years ago, the Seventh-day Adventist Church as a whole decided to infuse, to include that as our affirmation of faith. It's it's usually about the Sabbath, but we've always forgotten about the gospel. But it says, and I see the the PowerPoint, it's it's all right. I'm I'm, I'm, going to go through. I have quite a few things, but I I, I believe I want you to see them because, you know, as teachers, they say you remember most of what you see. And that's the only reason why we have PowerPoints. But if it comes up, great. If not, we're going to move forward. Amen? Amen. But God so loved the world. That he gave is only, there it is, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I said, but Lord, Holy Spirit, I understand that. It's been years and years and I've, we've said it that that, that, that is really a, a something that I comprehend. I have experienced it. I have shared it. And I know the love of God and the spirit turned and, and said, yes, you have said it over and over again. But you don't fully understand it. But every Sabbath you repeat it here. But you don't fully understand that verse. And I got kind of upset. But I said, but that simple verse If that simple verse I have wrong, just imagine all the major scriptures. Says, Lord, you got a spirit, please help me understand what you're trying to say to me. That God so loved the world. It's like, but God, I understand your love. And I started singing all the Love song in the Bible. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Oh, love of God. How great or far I went through. Jesus loved me, this I know. And I had several up there that, 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 that I sang. And I sang, I said, Holy Spirit, I fully understand. The love of God. So I am really 
hurt right now that you are bringing to my mind that that verse I don't fully understand. And as I was searching throughout the week, as I was searching throughout the week, I was reading a book and I saw, I read this phrase, love Love is a, wow, what's the word? Can you bring that up for me? Let me go into my, yeah, my smartphone. Make us feel so dumb sometimes. (laughs) Transitive. Transitive reality. Have any of you ever heard that term? Transitive reality. Anybody? Oh, praise God. So I don't feel that dumb. I got stuck and I'm saying to myself, transitive reality? Say, what is love is a transitive reality? So I said, I've got to research that. I've got to find that. I've got to understand fully what transitive reality is. And as I looked in the dictionary, I said, transitive reality has to do with a transitive verb. Do you understand? What is a transitive verb? Oh, well, I heard, yeah, it's action. Anything else? Say that again. Transitive. Ah, and my, 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 my favorite English teacher, and we, I, I, we said nothing, it has to have. And, and that's the thing, we, we, when the transitive verb has two parts. Has two parts and The first part we all know because we all know that a verb, the role of a verb and a sentence denotes what? Action. That's a doable activity. That part we understand. We understand the love, love of God and he gave. Okay? That's the action. He gave himself for us. But I said, Lord, but I get that. But he said, what about the object? I said, what, what about the object? It says, read through again, Cliff. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and you know the thing that happened, we, I usually stop right there. But the Bible says, the object Whoever you have forgotten about. I said, whoever. So what does that have to do with anything? I understand the love of God, but Lord says, but you have forgotten about the whoever, the nobody, that somebody, that so-and-so, that person on the street, that drug addict. You have forgotten about it. Your religion stands on one foot. But God has said there are two principles that are on which which the, the whole commandment stand. And it is love for God. But the second one you have forgotten, love for your neighbor. That whoever, don't forget that whoever, that anybody, the drug addict in the street, The pregnant young lady, the person with AIDS, yeah, they're homosexual, the homeless. They need to hear about the love of God as well. And we, he said, well, let me speak. He says, you, as a, as, as a child of God, you have just kept that word to yourself. But there are people out there that are whoever that object. And the object is the, 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 the thing that is impacted by the verb. So you know the love of God. But the love of God is impacted on somebody. 
It has impacted upon you, but there are people out there that also need to be impacted by the love of God. Whoa! I was totally blown away by that. And as I was reading during the week, the Lord led me to the story of the Good Samaritan. And all of you know the story of the Good Samaritan, so I won't, well, you mean I just didn't turn this on? Amen. Wow, you could have given me a sign and not in kind of, just a sign would have been. <laughs> okay, amen. Oh, well, I see, and the thing that happened, my wife knows there's nothing that happens to me that I don't find a sermon out of it. Some of us need to turn on to Jesus. Oh, you sit in church, but Jesus not on. Hmm, you wear the suit, but Jesus not on. Uh-huh, you're not wearing jewelry, but Jesus is not on. Uh-huh, now I'm going on a whole different sermon. Uh-uh, let's stay with this one. I'll preach that one again. Oh, we did that, and thank you, my brother. Amen for the technology department. Amen. These guys are awesome. Oh, there we go. We say, for God so loved. Yes. But we forget about the who, whoever. You know, it's amazing how, you know, when I walk in the streets and you see, you see, you see the drug addict, you, you see these guys. And, and you know, my, I feel bad. I feel bad, but I'm going to go through because, gee, the Holy Spirit took me through, gave me a, a, a spiritual whipping. And now one thing I learned as a child, whenever you do something wrong, don't ever get a whipping by yourself. Always get somebody else involved or tell on somebody else. So I'm, I told Jesus about you and he said, so go tell them you got a whipping, but you give them the whoever. As a matter of fact, it's used instead of who for what? For what? What does it say? For emphasis. That's the way. That's, it's used for emphasis to say it, that person, whoever that person is, that, 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 that whosoever, which is the formal form, that, that anybody, that any person, that everyone, that no matter who, that so-and-so need the love of God as well. It says, in the story of the Good Samaritan, Christ illustrates the nature of true religion. The nature of true religion. You know the story of the, the, the Good Samaritan that's found in, 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 in Luke. And I'm going to, and Luke, uh, Luke 10. And I'm going to just paraphrase it for you. And then let me come down a little bit. And I may need my Bible. And so if I say the verse and you know where it's found, please uh, help me uh, with that. The story is about a man who was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And even in that during the week, I, I, I got a sermon out of that because Jerusalem is a city of peace and Jericho is not. So many people in this world are traveling from Jerusalem, their place of peace, going to Jer- Jericho. And they get, they get caught in drug. They get caught in sexual immorality. They get caught caught and stuff like that but this man got caught somebody beat him up i mean he got a whipping and it says the bible is clear and they left them half dead how many people we walk by and see on the street and they look half dead and what do we do half dead now the thing the two more characters in the Bible is shown all of a sudden. The priest and the Levite. The Bible says that the priest came by. The Bible says by chance. But I don't know. I don't question the Bible. But I know there's nowhere that the Lord takes me. No one that he brings in my path that is brought by chance. Get that right. Sometime the person that is that you meet at, at work, the person you meet on the street, God has sent that person to you for a reason. Let me give you uh, a little bad news. I, I haven't said anything to, 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 to anyone about it, especially the kids who, who uh, were at, uh, at uh, Mosaic. Uh, you guys remember Louis Luna, the Hispanic young man that used to come just love Love, praise, and, and worship when we were upstairs. He got killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got killed about three weeks ago. Okay? 
But this young man, I mean, it's amazing. And, and when his, his dad called me and said, uh, uh, Mr. Cliff, that's what he calls me. I don't know why. Yeah, Mr. Cliff, I, I need you to come over to my house. You know, he's my next door neighbor. So I walked over and he says, you know, have you seen the news? And I, mm, I said, no. He said, you know, Lewis w w was killed. Now, Lewis was a young man who had some, some emotional, some psychological problem. You, I don't know if you guys remember him. As a matter of fact, Lewis has done a greater, ooh, let me not say that, let me not, be, let me not be rude, has done his job at the church because one Sabbath we walked in and there was somebody standing, a man standing waiting for us. And so we asked him, he says, why are you here? He says, I, I, I'm here for church. Now the man had a bag and he looked homeless and he was homeless. And we're wondering, how, how did you hear about about our church. He says, you know what? I was on the bus going somewhere and I was talking to Lewis. I said, and I said to Lewis, I need to go to church. Lewis says, I know the church for you. Go to Mosaic. And the man had worshiped with us. Remember that gentleman? Had worshiped with us for about six or seven Sabbaths. He moved to Homestead. Remember? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I spoke to to him just the other day to let him know that uh, uh, Lewis uh, had, had passed and, and, and I don't know, he, he said he would call the parent, but Lewis had a, a chance to witness for Jesus Christ. But he was, he was killed. And so he told us uh, the, the service was on a Wednesday night and the funeral was on Thursday, so my wife and I showed up Wednesday night. We're sitting down and, and we're waiting. And, and he said to me, uh, Mr. Cliff, I said, Yes, yes. Alberto, he says, You know, I don't know how to do this. I, I don't know about the Bible. I don't know about a pastor. I don't know about anything. And there's nobody here to do the service for me. Will you do the service for me? That Wednesday night, we, we had prayer meeting. Prayed with the family, and we couldn't sing because they didn't know the songs. We couldn't say scriptures because they didn't know scriptures. A group of people that God has been prepared for me at the right time to minister to. Nothing happened to the child of God by accident. And don't ever think somebody come into your path that this person is there by accident. Always take the opportunity. And you don't need to say oh, the Bible verse or whatever. And I'm going to tell you what it is you need to say to get into people's hearts. Thursday morning, here, here I am at the, at the cemetery. Had another service for the family. And afterward, they came over and said, listen, we thank God that you were here. Because if you weren't here, we would just bury him and I would be it. But you gave us hope. You gave us hope. I said it, and all I did was plant the seed. Plant the seed. But the priest came by, saw that man, and the Bible says he walked the other way. And some people say, well, he didn't want to get beat up either. Hey, makes sense. We don't know if the other guys were still around. He didn't want to get beat up, so he went the other way. A Levite, the people that work in God's church, the priest was the one who took part in the service, sacrificial service, in the synagogue, in the temple. The Levite, they, the, the uh, Bible says, are... Uh, are people who assisted those people. So if we were to use the, today's term, it was the pastor that went by and then the elder came after him and the elder did the same thing, walked by, saw the man and said, wow, he looks bad. He's in bad shape. And then Jesus introduced the Good Samaritan I've, I've always wondered, why, why, don't, why didn't Jesus just say the Samaritan? But had to put this adjective because Samaritans weren't looked upon very nicely. 
by the Jews. So he said, the good Samaritan. He said, but the good Samaritan saw the man. He didn't stay on the other side of the road. He went close. He even put his life in danger. He didn't care that they were, uh, the thieves could have been in the corn. But he saw the man in pain. And he said, it is my responsibility. It is my duty. It is I have to help that man. And took that man, put him on his horse. And took him to an inn and, and paid, uh, let's say, in a hospital. And, and say, you take care of this man. And I've given you, I give you money and I'll give you more. Whatever you spend, I will give it back to you. But take care of this man for me. But you know the amazing thing? The Samaritan knew. If the roles were reversed, if he had been the one on that was beat up, the Jew would spit on him. But he did it. Anyway. Listen to what the uh, uh, spirit of prophecy says. In the, st- sp- in the story of the Good Samaritan, Christ illustrates the nature of true religion. He shows that true religion, that it, True religion consists not in system. It doesn't consist in denomination. It doesn't consist in creed or your doctrines. It doesn't consist all your rights. That means the stuff that we do in church, that is not true religion. The thing that we will hold up, that we walk around and say, I am seven-day Adventist. I know all the 27th fundamental belief, as important as those may be, the spirit of prophecy says, that is not true religion. True religion. Is in the performance of loving deeds and bringing the greatest good to others and genuine goodness. That is true religion. It says, but I said to the Holy Spirit, but Lord, I, I've got that. I have empathy. I have sympathy. You know, I see people. I hurt. I feel bad for them. It said, but take a look. You see, because they said the good Samaritan didn't have empathy for him. It wasn't sympathy. It was what? Compassion. 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 And I had to go to the, to the dictionary. It says empathy means you feel the emotion of another person. Huh? You feel the emo- I've been there. I've felt the emotion of people who have heard, who've been hurt. It says sympathy even goes even further. Sympathy is sharing the sorrow. How many of you have been in a wake? You've been in a funeral and have cried with the family. Yes, I've sympathized. I have all of that. But the Spirit of God says, but compassion is different. Compassion. Feel the emotion, shares in the sorrow, but include the desire to help. You don't just sit there. You don't just cry. You say, what do you need me to do? And you help. I said, what? Says, yes, you have spirit. Say, you've empathized, you've sympathized. But how many times have you gone by when you saw that drunk person, when you saw that homeless person, and say, you know what? Come home with me. Let me find a place for you to stay. It says, compassion literally means suffer together. The prefix come means together as in community and passion like the passion of Christ, suffering, suffer with the other person. Says the Bible used the compassion more than 50 times. I have the verses up there for you. If you take a picture of it, it says the, the Bible speaks more about Jesus' street ministry than it speaks about church ministry. The Bible speaks more about it, and I'm going to go through it with you in the list. It says the most important work of the church is not inside the church, but it's outside the wall of the church. It is not here. We know it's not 
those, the people who are well who needs the doctor. It is the sick people who need the doctor. We come to church, brothers and sisters. We come to church to learn. We come to church to get a booster. I know a friend of mine who has an illness and every month she has to go and get a B12 shot. We come here and get a BJ or J vitamin, Jesus vitamin in our system so we can go out there and do the work that he's called us to do. The church is for learning. And it's for fellowship. And even that is a powerful thing. You see, a person who is single, if you stay home, that's why I don't recommend you stay home and, and, just, and just see the sermon. It's not just about the sermon. You see, you don't grow until you hang out with people. You don't know about yourself until you hang out with people. You see, a person who is single has no fault. Because no, you're not going to tell on yourself. You need somebody as a mirror. To see yourself. That's what the church is all about. It's all right. You know, sometimes we get into issue, we get into argument. It's okay. And I want you to understand, I'm getting into my counseling, uh, psychology stuff. You got to understand a lot of the reaction people have towards you is not about you. It's about their past experiences. Please understand that. The reaction that people sometimes have towards you, they go back in their mind. They remember uh, dealing somebody like you. And they bring all that back. And sometimes you got to say, yeah, it's okay. It's not about me. It's about you. But the most important work of the church is outside. That's why the Great Commission didn't say, oh, by the way, did, I, I read that during the week over and over and over again. Because Jesus says, all power is given unto me. Where? Oh, you see, you don't get that. Where? Heaven and earth, I've got all power. I've got the power. I've got it. So you go and do the work and I'll pass on the power to you. I've got the power. Uh-oh. Okay, did I turn it off? No, I didn't. So this time it's not me. Okay, it's stuck there. Let me see if I can go back. No, okay. Say amen, church. Amen. It's not my fault. It's their fault. Amen. Okay, can you, is there any way? Just go to the next. Every time I raise my hand, just go to the next one. We're not going to stop to, it's okay. We know what the enemy is doing. We know his, his plan. Okay, verse empathy and sympathy. And I've I, I got to get, I got, by the way, okay. Thank you. Thank you. I was reading, or oh, I read several years ago, the book of Eli. Uh, uh, Wiesel, and he said, you know, he was trying to study to take a look at why did the world allow the German to kill six million people and do nothing. He says the opposite of love is not hate. He realized that the people didn't hate the Jews. The Germans did, but the people around the world, they didn't hate the, they didn't hate the Jews. They didn't hate the Jews as much as the German did. But it says the opposite of, of, lo- of love is not hate, but it is indifference. Thank you, my sister. Can you, can you pass that on? It is indifference. That means you don't care. It doesn't matter one way or the other. I don't hate you, but I don't care whatever happens to you. Everybody sat down the governments all around the world just sat there and allowed six million people to be killed out of just indifference they just didn't care about those people and I want the indifference there we go indifference means lack of interest little or no concern no bother, don't care, whatever attitude, aloof, coldness, disregard, heart, heart not in it. That's why this is a, 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 the heart of the matter. It's a matter of the heart. You've got to bring your heart into your religion. Says the Bible says more about Jesus' sweet ministry than his church ministry. Now let me make very clear that Jesus did go to church. Brother Ray had the sermon the other day that the church is important. Yes. 
the church is important. That's where we, 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 we learn. This is where we get discipled. We get ready to do the work outside. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, as his custom was, talking about Jesus, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, Luke 4, 16, and Luke 4, 44 said, and he preached in the synagogue of Galilee. So Jesus went to church. Furthermore, Matthew says, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So Jesus did go to church. Church was important. That's where the gospel is preached. That's where you learn what to do. This is where you get to, 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 to live with people uh, uh, that you're going to be in heaven with. I know there's a phrase that says to live above with the people we love. Oh, that is glory. But to live below with some people we know, that's another story. So this is a place where you get to learn how to, how to love people, not because of, but in spite of their weaknesses. But Jesus did go to church. But the thing that the Bible talks about more than anything, he says in Matthew 8, and I'm going to go through this, is only in Matthew. He says first in Matthew 8, he cleansed a leper. He heals a centurion servant. He heals Peter's mother's and mother-in-law. He cast out demon and heal all who were sick. This is a different, and again, continue. He healed two demon-possessed men. He forgave and healed paralytic. Girl restored to life, and women with the issue of blood was healed. Two blind men healed. A, a mute man speak. As a matter of fact, John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked Jesus, listen, are you the one? Actually, as a matter of fact, he sent his disciples and asked Jesus, are you the one? If somebody were to come to me today and say, Jesus, are you the one? Or Cliff, are you the, the last prophet? Not Jesus, but are you the last prophet? You know what, what I would have to say? Yeah, the church is full. People are paying tithe. Most of them are vegetarians. Praise God. You know, they're coming to Wednesday night prayer meeting. They're not smoking. They're not drinking. They're not wearing earrings. They're, 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 they look as handsome as this young man. You can give me five. Yes. They all look good. The church is all right. My daughter from Washington is in church. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Hey, listen, I'm proud. Hey, listen, I have to take this time out. I, I know I miss it. When I, your mom will tell you, when I get started, I just move and I forget. Uh, this young lady uh, is the love of my life. Can you say amen? She came all the way from Washington this morning to come to be with her mom and dad as we leave, leave this place. Can you say amen for me? Amen. Oh, I remember. Well, let me not because I'm going to get very emotional. Let me stop. But, baby, I just wanted to say thank you for being here. I love you. And, of course, my brother who's always, always there. This is a, a man who's so faithful. I think faithful with a capital F. You know, so amen, amen. And, 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 I, and I forget what I'm saying. It always happens. But anyway, you see, you get, tend to get lost. But anyway, Jesus didn't say all this stuff. He didn't go into all this stuff. You know what Jesus said? Tell John for me. The blind see. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor are hearing the good news. Wow! It's about people. He didn't talk about the church. He talked about people. Yes, the people are being served. Jesus didn't come to die for a church. He didn't come to die. You know, we get so involved with the pulpit being in the right place. People dress right. You know, all of this, as important as that may be, the most, he didn't say God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that the pulpit, so that the church, he says that's so whosoever, whoever, that's me, you, the guy on the street, the guy, the prostitute, the drug addict, the young girl who just got pregnant, the single mother, all of us are in part of that whoever. That's who. He says, tell John, this is what's happening. And he says, and bless, I hope he's not disappointed by that as we move on you know sometimes we come into at seven Adventists 
oh, we've got the truth. People, listen. The truth is under attack in this generation. There's no, there's no, nothing as absolute truth anymore. Everything is relative. Everything is relative. You know, the Republican have their truth. Democrat have their truth. People in the middle have their truth. Uh, the kids are confused. There is no such thing as truth. The truth is relative to some particular point of reference. If I'm a Republican, I think one way. If I'm a Democrat, I have my truth. As an amazing thing. Alternative facts. I remember the first time I heard that. You know, I nearly fell out. What do you mean alternative fact? There are no alternative truth. It's either true or it's not. But this is the generation that we live in right now. And for you, let me tell you, good seven-day Adventist people, when you come with your Bible and think you have the truth, people have closed their hearts. There's very people saying, okay, you're going to tell me the truth? No, it's not the truth. You're going to tell me your truth. And I have my truth. And so, mm. and so we go out there and say, hey, oh, we got, it's not, it's, it, it, these guys are hot-headed. They're not listening. But the world is set up, is being set up for the great disappointment. As a matter of fact, you know, let me tell you, you guys, sometimes when you're dealing with leaders in the church, or you think we don't understand when you lie to us, when you say stuff, you know, sometimes we don't say anything about it. We don't confront it, you know, because we understand that we're all growing. And sometimes we don't say anything. But, you know, the, the thing, fools believe everything they hear. Wise people believe everything they see. Today, you can't even say that. Look into the statement. I won't say who said it, but I think you will know who said it. He said, don't believe what you are reading or seeing on TV or on the paper. Don't believe what you're seeing. Fake news. This is where we find ourselves. Don't believe what you see. Really. Don't believe it. It is all fake news for those of you like me who've been watching the Kavanaugh my goodness pray for America pray for America and I think they we 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 made a move towards uh towards towards goodness so to speak by what was decided to be done. But when I watch that thing, is, and it's not who's right, it's just the information is given, it's just you decide what's true. There's no such thing as absolute truth anymore. As a matter of fact, Oxford Dictionary, word of the year in 2016, was post-truth. You know, like post-traumatic, after the trauma, you know? Post-truth, that means we are in an era where we are past truth. Truth is in the past. Something that is not important is irrelevant. It's not relevant anymore. Post-truth was the word of the year for the Oxford Dictionary in 2016. So don't think just because you believe you have the truth, and I believe we do. I believe we do, but don't think just because you have the truth that everybody's just going to fall at your feet and say, oh, holy one, let me hear what you have to say. Are you ready for this? Let me go back. Are you ready for the next, next thing? Are you ready for the next, uh, next slide? Hold on. Listen to what it says. It says, unless there is practical self-sacrifice for the good, good of others, and, 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 and there it says in the family, in the church, but I wanted to point this as in the neighborhood and wherever we may be, then whatever our profession, we are not Christians. Let me say that again. Unless there is a practical self-sacrifice for the good of others in the neighborhood, wherever we may be, then whatever we are, you may be a Seventh-day Adventist, but you are not a Christian. You are not a follower of Christ. You are not doing what Christ has done. Desire of Ages, pages 5, page 504. It says, the angels of heaven look upon the distress of God's family upon the earth, and they are prepared to cooperate. 
They are prepared to work with us, with men, with Christian, with S7 Adventists, and relieving oppression and suffering in this world. Whoever failed to manifest this love, this transitive reality, whoever fails to manifest is breaking the law which he professes to serve, to revere. For the spirit we manifest towards our brethren, declare what is our spirit towards God. The love of God in the heart is the only spring of love towards our neighbor. In other words, if you don't have the love for your neighbor in your heart, it's because the love of God is not in your heart. That's what it's saying. If you don't have this compassion, it's because the love of God does not exist. People don't care. I want you to know that today. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. They don't care what you know because everybody knows something. Everybody has some truth. Everybody has something to say, something good to say. People don't know what to believe, but they don't care what you know. They want to see the, the gospel in living color. Show me. Don't tell me. Show me the gospel. Oh, this is my quote. This is what I got from this. It says, the truth that will be adopted, accepted, embraced by the world today is the truth that is demonstrated, communicating, communicated, and loving, compassionate, genuine, consistent, unselfish service to our neighbor and our community. That's the truth that will be accepted today when you open people's heart when you open people's heart then they will be willing to listen for you to plant the seed but before the seed can be planted the heart has to be open let me tell you as a gardener every season before i plant you know i have to take you know the a tiller you know some people use a tiller you know i sometimes i just take my shovel and i have to break that dirt i have to break it up because during during the the uh, the, the the off season you know the sun just melts the water and the dirt becomes hard and that's where people are today. It's in a dry season. Their hearts are hard. And before you can plant, we keep throwing a seed at it. And the seed is not going to fall. It's going to fall, but it's not going to stick because the soil of their heart is hard. We need to break it with the love of God. We need to break it with the love of God. A story is told of a, of a missionary who went to India. And he decided to go in a leper village. Everybody, they had shunned these people out in a village way out in the country. And every single person had leprosy. And they just left him there to die. And he felt inspired to go and work with those people. And year after year, he sat there and people are telling him, listen. You're going to get leprosy as well? He says, no, that is my ministry. And one day, I, see, I mean, he stayed there clean, their, 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 their cuts, and, and, and I mean everything. When they, when they vomited, he was there, washed them, and, and spoke to them, and became part of that group of people. And one day, as he was carrying a bowl of hot water, he tripped, and, and, and hot water fell on his feet. And he was shocked because he felt no pain. And then he realized he had contracted leprosy. And after years, he, as a matter of fact, he says, my ministry became better because now I wasn't speaking to them as somebody who was helping lepers. I was helping them as one who was a leper. He said, my ministry became a little bit more powerful. After a few years, the man died. And the whole village got up. They, they had heard about the love of Jesus, but they, they got up and they were going to bury this man. And all of a sudden, uh, government cars showed up and they said, you can't keep that body here because the family, the people's family, want that body. And the, the village said, villagers said, no, 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 no. He's been here with us for years. He is one of us. We're going to keep him. Now they said, no, you can't do that. The family, the, the, the man's family wants his body back home. The governments got involved and they finally decided that the body had to go back home. 
the people were disappointed. And the day they came to, they held on to the body for a few weeks, and the day they came to get the body, the leader of the village got up and said, yes, we're going to give you the body, but can you do us one favor? The people said, what? He said, can we have his hands? The people said, what? He says, yes, please. Can we have his hands? And the people said, he said, no, we'll give you the body, but please, can we have his hands? And the people said, well, before we do that, can you tell us why? The guy says, you know, this man has loved us so much. We want his hands so that when we look at his hands, we can remember the God that used his hands to show us how much he loved us. God used that man's hands to show his love. The question this morning for us as individuals, but mostly for us as a church, if we were, this church were to close its doors tonight, will the community miss us? Will the community even know that we have left? Will the community even know that we have been here? What would they want to keep? What would they want to keep? I hope if forever or at any time God decides to close the door, that this, this whole community would stand up and say, no, 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 you can't let new generation go because this is an important part of this community. Not because of just your building. Not because they keep the Sabbath. Somebody will say, well, when they leave, they'll say we are the Sabbath people. They would have gotten that right, but we would have gotten it all wrong. Because it's not just about that. My prayer this morning, my brothers and sisters, is that the compassion, that overwhelming, never-ending, Reckless love of God will shine in our hearts and that the people out there, the drug addict, the sexually immoral, the, 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 the homeless, the drunkard, the, the, the homosexual, yes, homosexual, and the prostitute can say through this man, through this church, I have learned the love of God. May the Lord bless you. May he keep, keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you. And most of all, may he give you his peace and his love. In Jesus' name, God bless you.